Welcome to episode two of the Semester at Sea Wavelengths podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Fennell, Spring 2014 alum and member of the Young Alumni Council, and I will be your host. Every episode, we hear interviews, stories, and musical creations from students, alumni, and staff. This episode, we will be hearing from a fall 2018 alum, Muna, with some spoken word poetry, followed by some interview outtakes with a four-time Voyager, Sammy Lamb, and last but not least, we will be hearing from one of my fellow Spring 2014 Voyagers, Ryan Hecht, with an original song. If you're new to this program, Semester at Sea is a biannual study abroad program taking place during the fall and spring semesters, where students get the opportunity to study abroad on a ship and where the world becomes your classroom. Semester at Sea is hosted by ISE, the Institute for Shipboard Education, a nonprofit based out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Semester at Sea is made possible with the support of listeners like you. Whether student, alumni, or neither, visit semesteratsea.org to get involved and find out more. You can also find Semester at Sea on any of your favorite social media platforms. Applications are currently open and accepted on a rolling basis. Donations are welcome and serve students the opportunity at experiences like you hear on this show. I got one correction before we jump into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Last week, we heard interview excerpts from an interview with Kyle Koble and Cameron Thomas Saw, and I said Kyle Koble was the president of the Alumni Association. I just wanted to make a quick correction that at the time of recording, Kyle Koble completed his tenure as the president of the Alumni Association, and the current sitting president is Roanne Akcherin. Now, away with the show. When I was little, I thought the world circled around my house. But when I rode my bike for the first time off training wheels, discovering every corner of a world that seemed impossible to me only moments before was the moment I realized the world is bigger than myself. The moment I told my mother for the first time I was traveling around the world on a ship, the first thing she asked me was, you do know you don't know how to swim, right? Instead, I told her the human body is made up of 60% water. When I enter into a room full of bodies, I do not see skin. I see an ocean. And I have been swimming my whole life trying to connect with other bodies of water. You see, what made semester I see unique is not the ship. It is not the pool deck or the nine different floors. It's not even traveling the world on a ship. It is that it didn't give me a textbook and tell me to read. It gave me people and told me to listen, to listen, to really, really listen without answers or solutions, without this belief of a fine line of bad or good, how there is no single story in culture, but a sentence with no punctuation in India. I stood in front of a woman with more smile than lips my textbook in my hand ready to learn but instead she took my book my pencil and notebook and she took the only type of classrooms from right under me drops the silence like a suitcase full of habits that no one wants and she says yes my country's history is my history but my history is not my story only i can tell you my story so listen 
in Ghana, as I was walking down the streets of Takarati, a woman grabbed onto me and asked me to dance, step to the rhythm and dance for a black body that once was. And as I realized I was dancing at a funeral, I let go and stopped, questioned why we were celebrating. She asked, why are you not dancing? She says, yes, this is a funeral, but the funeral does not make up my husband, his death. It's not his story. Joy is his story. Laughter is his story. Our culture is our story. Listen. In three months, I traveled to 12 countries. In three months, I gained more perspectives than a textbook can listen to. You see, what semester at sea has shown me is the world is constantly changing. The world has sadness, violence, pain, and injustice almost everywhere. How words are sometimes too heavy to sit on. We have built inside of our mouths and we are tired. We are tired, we are tired, we are tired. But we will not rest because of laughter through the streets of Spain as the soccer ball is kicked around, because of authentic home-cooked meals, because of Women in China holding hands as they walk to their jobs in public office because of listening to a father speak his native tongue to his daughter in Vietnam as he teaches her about their culture, as he passes down their history, their joy, their story. And somehow that is enough to keep us all going. Somehow every country is different, but joy is all the same. What I learned in three months is how to really listen. How to really, really listen. With no need to respond or cite, just listen. And only then did I really learn how to swim. Since 1963, Semester at Sea has given over 73,000 individuals from 1,700 academic institutions an unparalleled experience of visiting more than 60 countries across six of the seven continents. Semester at Sea serves undergraduate, gap year, and graduate students. Furthermore, the Lifelong Learner Program allows non-students to experience, explore, and learn alongside the students. If you or someone you know wishes to apply or donate to this world-shifting experience, please visit semesteratsea.org for more information. Now we're going to head into an interview I conducted with four-time Voyager, Sammy Lamb. He has some wise words about overcoming the difficulties of sailing and apprehensions that potential students may have or that even you may have about trying to join the program. Without further ado, away we go. How's it going, y'all? This is Sammy Lamb from Austin, Texas. I sailed on summer and fall of 11 and 13 as a student, and then on a few other enrichment voyages as a staff member. But South Africa, Cape Town specifically, was a very special port because it introduced me to the world of wine. And of course, now it is my full-time career. And so at that point, I was just a student for the first time in my life, learning about wine appreciation as a whole and visiting a now world-renowned Appalachian Stellenbosch. And so seeing in retrospect, the opportunity that I was able to, to experience at such a young age that now has created such a positive impact in the current career that I'm in and the many things that 
that have kept life interesting, of course, after you finish your voyage, right? Because there's nothing to compare. <laughs> and so it's allowed me to, you know, create these new opportunities, create a, a career path. And now it, it actually, funny enough, was a big part of my wine exams so on the last levels of sommelier certifications, if you will. So it, it kind of came full circle in that sense of like where it all started is kind of where it's ending. It doesn't really end. I mean, there's always education, but came almost full circle in that sense. So I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. I guess serendipitous would be the word maybe. I don't know. And I think that happens a lot with semester. So you don't really understand how these certain experiences and traveling experiences are going to impact you in the future, but they do. So during semester at CE, I decided to look into a project that I was able to kind of source and take from these experiences to build on that project or, or future career path. I was working towards Wonderless Wine Company, this project that in my mind was going to allow me to continue to travel, kind of have these after semester at sea experiences that would let me travel the world through wines. A lot, a lot of students, they kind of know where they want to go after college, like in what direction. And at that point, I had just lost my mom. I think that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to really get away and study abroad. Semester at sea being on many levels, a program that just fit and checked check many boxes for me, including the fact that my mom was a big cruise fan here in Texas. We have Galveston, so people can go out and do that. So I say that because she was my moral compass. She was our, my guy. She was the one that was telling me or kind of guiding my interests, if you will. I think a lot of parents obviously do that for their kids to kind of gear them towards the right path. But then of course the kids end up making their own decision. And so when, when I lost her before college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was trying to test the waters in different, different fields, different subjects. And, you know, the cliche, a lot of times is students study abroad to find themselves. And that was my, my first excuse. And then once I'd studied abroad for the first time with semester at sea, then I said, I know who I am. I'm, I'm a semester at sea lover. I want to do this as much as I can. But I also had discovered wine after that voyage. So I wanted to learn more and started actually taking just personal interest in, in wine. And luckily, semester at sea offered geography of wine for my semester, I think they offered it one more time after that. And I don't know how, how frequent it was, but extremely just privileged to have had Professor John Boyer teach that class as he was very passionate and made learning about wine very fun. Of course, it is alcohol, but in general, there's a lot of studying that goes behind it that he just made it very easy to digest all these crazy things that you now in sommelier school, you look back and you're like, I had actual firsthand experiences with these wines from around the world versus just like reading about them or just like going to the store and buying an American import of what they consider the best representation for the U.S. consumer. Because a lot of times we don't get to get the full gamut, the full portfolio of wines here in the U.S. because it's just harder, because it's, you know, it's politics, it's wine politics, it's uh, whatever it is. So having that firsthand experience and looking back, it, it almost feels like Slumdog Millionaire, <laughs> you know, that movie where he bases it off of personal experiences. And, and it goes back to that. Like I was just finishing up my uh, level four sommelier certifications. And during those classes or, or not even classes, the exams, there was, like I was saying, the, uh, the South African questions about, uh, you know, certain wines that are produced down there and the styles. And, and it's like, you, you go back and you reflect on those experiences that you had 
where uh, where Semester at Sea allowed you to learn about life and things of these different countries. And like I said, you never know that that you need it until one day in the future. You're like, wow, that was very helpful. So I went from not knowing what to do uh, as a college kid to doing Semester at Sea and actually really fighting my way into getting into geography of wine because I, I did have a degree that was relatable to that, but not entirely. And of course, when it re revolves around alcohol, you know, some students can get a little bit more excited and it was immediately filled, immediately filled by, you know, I justified it and it ended up making a huge impact in, in, into my current career. So um, after semester at sea, went on to work for various wineries. I was actually hired to work for Semester at Sea's home office for a bit. So during that time, I was still working at wineries on the weekends. So it was this just passion that it was like the passion of traveling and wine and, and then combining these two things in my current brand, which is Wonderless Wine Company. You know, when students come on Semester at Sea, many of them, they have an idea of what they want to do. And these voyages can just drastically change their direction in life and, and professional aspirations. So I'm really, really glad. I don't know what I would have done otherwise. I probably would have stayed in San Antonio. At that time, I was in San Antonio doing some, I don't know what. I was actually working at Six Flags, too. I think I would have been still one of like, I was one of the backup dancers for Mr. Six. I don't know if you ever saw those commercials, but there was a dancing old man that get off of, that would get off of a bus and start dancing. So that was me. So I don't know. I probably would have still been with Six Flags or something like this. And nothing wrong with that. But I think it really opens up your eyes to the world and the things around the world that otherwise you, you don't always get the opportunity to do. I think Semester at Sea always, you know, they, they, they try to convey certain things about the voyage and what it can do towards your future, right? Because it is to a lot of students besides just a semester to, you know, because there is a misconception that it's just semester off that you're just there to party and stuff. But semester at sea has worked so hard and to convey the message that this is an investment that will pay off one way, shape or another, but it comes down to the individual to make the most out of their experiences. And I think like whenever you're in these classes, like semester at sea really turns your textbook into reality you know you're reading and doing these things and it's just one of the wildest things that almost impossible in any other type of program to that degree of jumping between countries and doing things so fast paced but also return home and say you know what based on my experiences i really want to do x i really want to do this or that because like i i went to morocco and i really want to give back to that community by doing this project i went to ghana or when uh, China or whatever it is, you know, there's a, a port that impacted you the most. And sometimes that leads you to do more stuff within that country or a project that is dedicated to something that is a direct result of your experiences from a certain port. So I think it's so hard for that. Like you just heard me talking about it. It's so hard to put that in one sentence with like less than five or six words because it has to go on a brochure. And I see that uh, in retrospect, coming off of the voyage, I think out of these podcasts where people, where students can listen to these experiences of alumni and seeing what they've done with their, with their voyage experiences will allow them to say, you know what, I, I probably won't have the same result that they did, but I probably will have my own, in my own unique way, in my own emotional, spiritual, personal, and professional way. So the rough road of getting all the logistics figured out especially now, like you can just imagine like with COVID, all the restrictions and steps and procedures that a student has to go through. At that time, they were working a lot with a third party to help you with visas and visas were, oh my God, they were, they were so 
tough because not a lot of students have two passports. I think I had to apply and you have to like go through a longer process when you're trying to get a secondary passport. But I got two, two passports because visas were crazy to grab or obtain based on like your location in the U.S. And I can only imagine now, like with COVID protocols and stuff like that, like I'm excited for the, for the fact that semester two is being able to bounce back and offer these various things. And they're going to continue to have to adapt. And, you know, and that's why, number one, the, the most famous thing you'll hear on semester two is be flexible and be able to quickly adapt to the, the changing global climate of things that are current events, if you will, that are happening. And so that was, that was definitely a tough one. Study abroad office, a lot of study abroad offices in general, they, because they don't work with semester two directly, a lot of times, they won't have the best advice to give a student. A lot of times study abroad offices will focus with their in-house partnerships versus a lot of times semester two will be a third party. So a lot of students face that, that challenge of trying to figure out on their own how to do semester two. And it's so funny. It's like you said, it's a, it takes a certain individual to really persevere through all this. I mean, sometimes some get help from their parents or they, they know people that can just like guide them through the process. But a lot of students really do it on their own. And so it really pushes you to already be of a certain mindset to do all these things and go the extra mile for something that you really want, which is this life-changing voyage. The, the biggest, biggest challenge, and, and that's why, like I said, I, I always use that card because it was true, was the financing portion of semester, or funding a semester at Sea Voyage. At that time, a point in time, you know, they had summer voyages, which were way more affordable than a full-term voyage because they were just shorter, they were fast-paced, and they were more centralized in the Mediterranean. It's more common destinations versus like these longer semesters where there's more, you know, operating expenses that the ship has to consider and stuff like this. So summers were tough, even though they were cheaper, they were tough because there was no financial aid. I truly was lucky during the administrative transition, if you will, of, uh, of our U.S. government and like the policies and programs they had for higher ed. My school just, they were too focused on that. And so they gave, I was on scholarship at that school and they transferred everything to semester at sea, something which they regretted in the future, but they couldn't take it back anymore. So I was just like, the right kid at the right time. And so they basically, a lot of students have this opportunity too. It's cheaper for them to go on semester than to stay on a home campus. In my case, like I said, with, with most of it being on scholarships, it was able to transfer over and then the additional amount, which I was able to get through student loans and, and working various jobs before the voyage made it, made it possible. And so it was just always a hard juggle of, even though the first two voyages were paid off by the, the, university and college scholarships that I received default, they, they got smart. And so they said, okay, they're not, he's not gonna do it again. But I was like, I really want to do this. And I had my last chance to, to study abroad before graduating. So that's where I started like really diving into the world wide web of like applying to any scholarship that I had at least 1% opportunity. In. And I think advice for, you know, this podcast may be more for alumni, but also uh, for prospective students, if there's something that I always, I always told students when they were looking to do semester two, is like I, I said, yes, it could be too many, a financial burden. Uh, it can be a financial challenge, but not necessarily like how bad do you want it? But it's, it's like, if you really want it, if you really want to make this life-changing experience come true, then fight for it. You know, like, like I said, working, working your nine to five job to get some uh, funds to do the voyage is important because you're going to have a lot of travel expenses. 
But the most important thing is like try to find government programs, uh, scholarship programs that are going to pay for more of the tuition cost. Like there's a lot of stuff out there that people just don't apply for, really don't apply for. And I looked out like I think I've, I, I applied to about 18 scholarships and you start realizing that a lot of people ask the same questions and you can copy and paste, tailor a little bit. And so you start thinking and doing the math. You're saying, okay, if you're in college and you're trying to do semester two, you're like, if I'm making $10 an hour and I'm working eight hours, so I'm making 80 bucks and I'm going to work five times a week, you know, so 80 times 400 and you work times that for a month, right? Four weeks. You're looking at $1,600 uh, before tax and then you get that, you know, tax. And so you're making, and then you got personal life expenses. So you start doing some math and you start saying, okay, I don't need a full time at $10. I can focus if I believe in myself and I, I can hold myself accountable. I can work that same amount of hours, which is 40 times four. So 160 hours this month toward applying to lots of scholarships and hopefully hit at least a few. And most scholarships are for typically 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000. But I always saw scholarships average at around 1500 like they were always giving out 1500 so even if you get one that's all you need and all you got to do is like get letters of recommendation like that takes time and you got to get good ones too and so it was just uh it was a hustling game man it was like working once even in the first round like i had learned i had saved those letters of recommendation as soon as i got off the voyage i said can you update these put a new date on it like can you based on my life experiences now and so it was a lot of asking for a lot of favors from deans, staff, uh, advisors, stuff like this, teachers. But it was that mindset of like, I want, I know the value of semester T. I'm gonna get back on. What can I do? And then, and then making it happen, man. And it was just so crazy being back on that voyage for, like I said, it does sound very spoiled. So like, if you're saying, how do I not sound spoiled, especially after doing it four times, it's like being on that last voyage and knowing that it was the last time I could do it. I was like, you. It's like I, it paid off all those long nights, like making scholarships. And uh, funny enough, like that helps build a certain skill that you use in the future for whatever purpose. Like you're just, you, you learn how to not necessarily hustle, but hustle in the sense of like working your butt off to get things done and, uh, and not necessarily working in your favor, but to make things happen. I think that's the, that's the better way to phrase it. So in terms of overview and summary, the challenges of doing semester at C uh, we're getting it approved by study abroad office, getting, of course, this to matter because all these courses that are amazing and unique to semester at sea. And, and the most important challenge was financing it, which students can do based on their commitment to the program and stuff like that. That has been the show for this week. Special thank you to all the voices you heard today and all the staff at the home office that have helped get this show together and thank you for joining us this week to any alumni please reach out to this show the content on this show is only possible with your help and your experiences once again to apply donate or learn more please visit semester at c.org the semester at c podcast will be back in two weeks thank you for listening now i hope you enjoy the sweet tune by my fellow voyager ryan hecht Thank you for listening. Sailing off. Where are you from? Texas. Oh. Who knew? Hey, 
right, well, here to bring a little slice of Texas into your hearts. Playing his original song, Semester at Sea, is Ryan. Give it up. How's it going? So I know I'm usually the funny, high-energy guy, but uh, to wrap it up, I actually wrote a song for a girl. Uh, and she's in this room right now. <laughs> oh, just wait. <laughs> and most of you know her, I hope so. And at the beginning of the voyage, I gotta say, I was really intimidated by her. But once I got to really know her, I realized she was caring, so strong, and more worldly than anyone I've ever met. And the best thing about her, when I go to my room every night, and she's there with me, she takes me and just rocks me. I'm talking about the MV Explorer. I love you, baby. Can y'all hear that?
been the time of my life But truth to me After seeing the world I know we have to live more altruistically That's the message for me Take action and worry of others It's the right way to be The right way to be Come on semester at sea Semester at Just you and me, come on semester at